1: Good morning. Okay, so as we know in the state of South Carolina, girls and women are now protected from competition by men in sports. Could that change? That was passed into law last year. It was a good good thing, I think. Um, well, I know, according to polling in South Carolina, the vast majority of people thought it was a good thing to protect girls from competition from biological males in sports. But could all of that potentially be reversed? Joining me today is Representative John McCravey. Uh good morning, Representative. You are from Lawrence County.
2: Good morning, Tara. I'm I'm mainly from Greenwood. I do have some of Lawrence.
1: Okay, Greenwood and Lawrence then. Uh and and welcome and welcome by the way to our W R D listening area. We're going to be Uh, covering that starting March 20th. You'll be hearing us loud and clear coming through on 98.9, our new signal.
2: Well, thank you. I'm very excited about that. And uh, we're losing one conservative talk show, so you'll you'll probably be the only one we can get. So I appreciate that, and I appreciate what you do.
1: Well, fantastic. So uh, welcome to our WRD family. Okay, so this hate crimes bill just passed in the House, is on its way over to the Senate, As people probably think, well, you know, everybody hates hate, right? Like nobody likes hate, so we should probably be for that. Um, But you were talking to, um, well, I should say WYFF quoted you um, as saying this bill may do some things folks don't expect it to to do. You said the language in this bill can be used in the hate crimes bill, so this would, um, you know, have additional penalties for violent crimes that are dubbed as hate crimes. Um, You said the language in this bill could also be used against the Save Women's Sports Act?
2: Well, that's right. And there there's several things wrong with the bill. First of all, I voted against the bill anyway because, and I would have voted for it even if it didn't have this bad language in it, I would have voted against it because to protect certain classes excludes other classes of people. So, you know, there's no protection in here for somebody who gets attacked because they're a Republican or because they're a teacher or or anything else. So, To me, if you're going to have a law that enhances penalties for hate, it ought to be for everybody, not just just a few classes that are named. But aside from that, uh, this bill contains language right out of the playbook of the national LGBTQ plus leftist alphabet soup movement. And whoever drafted this exact language of this bill, they inserted language not for the purpose of a hate crimes bill, for the, but for the purpose of using this bill as a kind of a vehicle to promote the leftist agenda. And I'm a, I've got three different areas in the bill I can talk about. Uh, the first one uh, inserts, the first part that, that's, that's bad inserts language, uh, inserts, inserts the word gender after the word sex as a class of people to be protected. So here's the issue. So if you if you use the word sex in the normal sense, that means male and female, then what is the word gender doing in there? Well, the gender has always meant the same thing. From the traditional sense, you know, it would be repetitive. But it's not. So, so the court, a court could look at this and say, wait a minute. Uh, you know, you have an argument that all genders are protected. What does that mean? Well, it must mean more than male and female since they have a separate word in there for gender. And so that would show intent that gender is construed to mean something other than just male and female or sex. And so people are now arguing, of course, that the true meaning of gender is there's 60-something genders. Um, Do we really want to buy the lie in South Carolina that there are 60 plus genders and you cannot discriminate against those genders. And here, this bill would be the first law in South Carolina, prohibiting discrimination against genders. So, so, you know, here's what the problem, here's where the problem comes in. You know, uh, what if you identify as a, as a person who is, a uh, you know, a Demi smoke or something, uh, that, or a cat, uh, you know, I, I, I looked up this demi-smoke thing because it was interesting. I said, what in the world kind of gender could that be? Uh, it's defined as a transcendental spiritual gender roughly drifting to other genders that are unable to be foreseen or understood. So this is the kind of craziness we have going on in America. But our courts could look at this and argue, hey, you know, if somebody brings a case – uh, that that we're discriminating against a transsexual who has a different gender, uh, and and this could be applied to say, well, we've already got one law that protects these people from discrimination. So so the Save Women's Sports Law discriminates, and certainly it does. The Save Women's Sports Law and I, our Family Caucus that I that I lead uh, was the was the primary. Uh, people who promoted that bill Uh, we've got i'm digressing a little bit but but we've got uh, four over 40 uh, members in our family caucus that we started about six years ago to promote good legislation for the family and so this 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 kind of argument could jeopardize uh that type of bill it would give it could give the supreme our our own uh liberal supreme court Uh, an argument uh, to uh, invalidate this law that we passed, this Save Women's Sports Act. And, you know, it could go on to require birth certificates to be changed if people ask for that. There's just all kind of ramifications of this that have nothing to do with hate crimes.
1: You mean changing their gender on their birth certificates issued by the states? That's
2: right. You know, they have a right to have their gender protected so they can change it on the birth certificate and become a cat. You know, because that's what they identify as. So it's really a, it's really a dangerous uh, uh, insertion of this word. Now, the next issue comes in when we specifically include sexual orientation as a protected class. And that also is in this bill. You know, it goes beyond the traditional discrimination of race, color, religion, sex, national origin. And they inserted gender, which has never been in there before, and they're ser- inserting sexual orientation. As a protected class, this would be the first law that has ever been passed in South Carolina that recognizes uh, sexual preferences can be a protected class. You know, and so, so where would this go? I mean, it could go anywhere. It could they could take and use this uh, to impose, you know, non-discrimination laws that that would affect religious liberty. You know, and and don't think that our courts aren't capable of doing that. They can look at one law and 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 interpret it as being overly broad. Uh, we saw that with the recent Planned Parenthood case, where they took a right to privacy, uh, you know, to to not have your electronic records taken, and and somehow expounded that to protect abortion in our state as a as a right, which certainly is not in our constitution, but. This could give them an excuse, and, and, you know, this would make, this type of thing would make us bend the knee to the LBGTQ mob uh, like they're doing in California. And so if you can't discriminate based on sexual orientation, you may have to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple, if, even if you object on religious grounds.
1: Wait, 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 stop. Wait, wait, okay. And we're talking to Representative John McRavy. Let just, just stop. Rewind. Let's hit rewind. That could be a hate crime under this bill that just passed the House?
2: It would not be a hate crime under this particular bill. But the language in this bill could be used to say here in South Carolina, we protect uh, these classes and now we're protecting sexual orientation as a class. So you could have a lawsuit. Gotcha. uh, you, You know, to to protect to ostensibly protect a gay couple who wants you to bake their wedding cake for their, for their wedding. So, and it, and it goes beyond that. So, so it's, it's, uh, it's really a, a difficult thing. Now those two sections were left in this bill. I tried to amend it to take these out on the floor. Uh, I was not successful. The last, the last thing I'm going to talk about was taken out because you know, to the credit of an organization called Palmetto Family, they gave me a, a really articulate letter. We put on we put on every legislator's desk, and I think the leadership even got a little bit worried about this next thing. So they took this out by amendment. But what this, the last thing that they had in there, you know, you're not going to believe this, but they said. We are adopting the definition of sex as defined in the U.S. Supreme Court case of Bostock versus Clayton County. Now, if you remember a couple of years ago, that case—that case started out with a guy in a funeral home who decided he was going to dress as a woman and wear a dress to work every day. And the funeral home people said, look, you know, we didn't hire you this way, and, and, and you need to dress appropriately like a man because you're a man. No, I identify the woman now, so he started wearing a dress, and they terminated. Well, this case went all the way, you know, the ACLU and everybody filed suit, and this case went all the way up to U.S. Supreme Court. And our U.S. Supreme Court, in a moment of, I guess, mental uh, problem, in a, in a mental male moment, they, they said, yeah, that, that, that fits under the definition of, of sex under the Title Seven Title of the Civil Rights Act. So you can't discriminate against somebody on the basis of sex, and sexual orientation is also a part of the word sex, which certainly it wasn't when, the, when that law was passed in the 1960s. They just meant male and female. And even the court recognized that. But they said, of course, they changed the Constitution with time. So that's what they did. We definitely don't want that case to be a part of this decision. And it's the definition of the case that's even worse because they left out the adopting, the holding of that case. And and they went on to say, Justice Gorsuch went on to say, now we're not applying this. We're not saying this applies to churches where you... Have a religious right to not hire somebody who is uh, openly homosexual, for instance. So, so, uh, but that—that's what that that court said. But this this language would not have adopted that part of the holding. It was just said sex means uh, not just male and female, but includes sexual orientation and wow. sexual preference.
1: Okay, so and uh, Representative McGravy, I want to make sure I get the point. Drive the point home. This is shocking. What is in this hate crimes bill? It's not what you would think. So what you're saying is, let's let's go back to the the girl, the boys on girls sports teams, because it creates these new protected classes that have never been protected by law in South Carolina anymore. That would give me grounds as a boy who's six five and weighs two hundred eighty pounds and wants to play volleyball with girls. That would give me an in to sue my way onto that team using this hate crimes bill. Correct? Is that what you're saying? That's
2: exactly right. Wow, exactly wow! What were Republicans?
1: They, so many Republicans voted for this. They didn't even know. It was, did they know it was in it?
2: I explained this to everybody, and I I I got up on the floor. I explained all this in detail, and I said my my amendment just takes out this language. Right. And uh, I only had you know approximately thirty or so Republicans out of eighty-eight that that voted. In, in our favor to take this out. So we couldn't take it out. And, uh, it's a shame. Uh, you know, I, I think we have a lot of Republicans who are, you know, are fiscal Republicans, but, but, uh, a truly Christian conservative Republican is not as easy to find.
1: Wait, so could I use this hate crimes, but just real quick, cause we're running out of time. I want to make sure I understand this. Could I use this hate crimes bill? Um, if I am a man and I want to use the women's bathroom in South Carolina, they are, that is a protected class now because of this gender definition. I can sue a, 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 a business so that I can use the woman's bathroom when I want. Could I do that?
2: Well, this- this certainly gives you the argument for that. Right. In court because to sue bill, civilly. The bill doesn't say you have that right. Right. Itself. I was just talking about hate crimes, but the rationale of it can be used as a persuasive uh, authority.
1: Right. Because so, you're creating these new classes. So this is the camel's nose under the tent. Now everybody could sue and have a party.
2: That's right. Yep.
1: That's and a I, problem. You
2: know, and, and and I would say this is an you know, we talk about unintended consequences of legislation. Yeah, I really don't believe this. I, I think it's an intended consequence by whoever wrote the exact language of this bill. So, you know, this was a Democrat bill to start with, and you can see what they're trying to put in here.
1: Absolutely, John. So, oh, go ahead, John. Real quick, we got to wrap because we're out of time. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, well, listen. I appreciate you allowing me to come on your show. I hope I can come on again one day because sure. it's really nice, really good good place to be able to talk about these things and i appreciate you being willing to do that
1: well thank you representative john uh R. now part mccravey now part of our wrd listening family because you're down there in greenwood and lawrence and we cover that now or we will as of march 28th so um we're going to go to war with this in the senate and i hope you'll help us with
2: that well thank you we appreciate it
1: Hey, the good news is it's Friday, and here's what's going on. The Twitter files testifying on Capitol Hill as Republicans try to get to the bottom of government censorship of conservative speech. But Democrats use the opportunity to try and discredit those reporters. Watch.
2: This isn't just a matter of what data was given to these so-called journalists before us now. It's quite obvious that you've profited from the Twitter files. You hit the jackpot on that Vegas slot machine. I honestly hope that you will grapple with this that it may be possible that if we can take off the tinfoil hat, that there's not a vast conspiracy. Joe Concha.
1: Yeah, from Fox News this morning. Savaged Matt, the Democrats absolutely savaged Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger, two hardcore liberal journalists. Um, Schellenberger in particular won a reporting award for Time is a liberal Democrat who ran for governor of California as a Democrat. This is who these two are. They These are the journalists who broke the Twitter files. If you want to understand how the Democrats now think about people who tell the truth about them in America, this 10 seconds ought I'll to illuminate this for you. They are at absolute war with anyone who believes that the First Amendment should apply to them and that we should have free, fair, and open debate. Want to, want to hear this? this is a, a Anybody who reports honestly on what the FBI, the CIA, the Pentagon, the State Department, the Department of Homeland Security did in censoring you across the 15 platforms is a direct threat.
2: Wow. Mr. Chairman, I'm not exaggerating when, when I say that you have called before
0: you two witnesses who pose a direct threat to people who oppose them.
1: A direct threat? You published the FBI's own emails and communications demanding censorship of conservatives. And that makes you a direct threat. That makes you a criminal. That's what she's saying, a direct threat. Okay, let me explain what's happened here. This is what happens with Democrats. When they get to do something one time, they're like children. If you let a child stay up till 11 o'clock one night, you're going to have a fight on your hands, you know, as your mom, the next time, because they're going to think they get to do it forever. Democrats are like children. It's the same way. If they get to break the law, as Indiana State uh, Attorney General Todd Rokita explained, they broke the law with this censorship. The FBI did. And remember what was exposed here. The FBI censored for all those agencies I just told you, but they also censored for the Democrat Party. They became the belly button, as they called themselves at Twitter. The choke point. We literally have the emails back and forth between chief Twitter censor Yoel Roth and the FBI where they say, look, there's so much censorship the State Department wants, the Pentagon. I mean, oh yeah, we we can't keep up with it. And the FBI said, don't worry, we'll be the belly button. We'll just funnel all of our censorship requests Uh, through the FBI, for the Democrat Party, including. If you accurately report the censorship, you are a direct threat. You are like a criminal, a direct threat. This is what the Democrat Party has come to believe the norm in America is, and that is terrifying.
2: Mr. Chairman, I'm not exaggerating when when I say that you have called before you two witnesses who pose a direct threat to people who oppose them.
1: Unbelievable. Folks, if Elon Musk had not brought Twitter, had not brought Twitter, we wouldn't know any of this. They would, compl- the FBI would completely control the debate for the Democrats in every election. And now they're saying it's a threat If the FBI doesn't get to censor anyone who opposes the Democrat, that is what a threat is in 2023 here in America to the Democrat party and in North Korea. Kamala Harris. In proof, I knew it, proof that the Democrats do know they're driving their base insane. And they like it that way. We've been on this, obsessed with this. Matt Iglesias, actually a left-wing journalist, been on this lately, writing about, um, trying to get to the bottom of why it is that survey after survey, study after study, poll after poll, even in polls by Gallup, we've had all of them. Left-wingers increasingly identify themselves proudly as mentally ill. This is a thing to be proud of with this generation. I've seen the evidence of this um, among my kids' peers. There is a mentality, it is deep within this generation of kids that's coming up right now, that you, and I kid you, I'm not exaggerating, this is real. You have no value unless you are part of a victim class. A group of victims. Nothing you could ever achieve, accomplish, discover, could ever mean anything. In fact, it is oppression to achieve when others are not. Even if it's with your own God-given talents, these things are things of shame. Unless you are part of a victim group. You can only ever be part of two groups. In life, victims who are heroic just for being victims and failing accordingly, and oppressors. Oppressors are people who succeed anyway, whether they actually are victims or they just work real hard. There is an absolute need driven into this generation. I'd love to hear from you if you've seen it, because I have. An absolute need to be part of a victim group. This is why near-majorities identify as LGBTQ for the first time ever. We've never seen numbers as high. And that is the only way you can have membership in a group of people that matters. Individualism has been stamped into the ground and backed over a couple of times. The only way you can matter is this membership in a victim group. So I wonder if the Democrats are deliberately making their followers mental or it's just something that happens. Well, apparently they're quite aware that they're making an entire generation insane with their fear mongering and Kamala Harris cackling as usual. That's what she does when people suffer. She cackles. Have you ever noticed this? Kids drown in the Rio Grande. She laughs when talking about it. So it's funny when people die. Same to judge. Same way. I a handed last week laughing at the mom whose two sons simultaneously overdosed to fentanyl. I haven't seen anything like it. So here she is cackling about the mental health crisis the Democrats have caused in this generation with their lies about climate change.
0: One of the young leaders was talking to me about climate mental health. I said, tell me what's going on with your peers. Climate mental health. One example is, you know, whether when they're ready, could they start a family? Worried about what that would mean.
1: And it gets cut off there at the end. She starts laughing. Should you even start a family or should you just roll over and die? <laughs> Good God. And Ella, if you don't have kids in your house right now, Um, or you're not having in-depth conversations about what is going on in school right now, this might sound strange to you. Like, you know, climate has been around for a long time, Tara. Like, why now would it be a thing? Why is it causing people to be mental? You don't understand. They're marinated in it all day long, including at Greenville schools, Greenville County schools. We've been talking about this. My kids are in the virtual program. That has been eye-opening, let me tell you. When you have your fifth grade son mind crash, tell it, tell me, mom, I've got to put um, a, as an answer to every the answer to every question now. So there's no science in science class. I've been talking about this for weeks now. We are we are well into our there's no science in science class. Everything boils down to humans pollute, businesses pollute, so that must be stopped by the government. That that is what science is now. You don't learn about the cell structures. We haven't by the way, I've been I've been a year, we, we don't learn the cell structure. Everything leads back to humans pollute, and the government must be put in tro- control to stop it. Everything leads back to climate change is going to kill you. It is day in and day out and day in and day out, and it never ends. I know I do the science homework with my son every day. We do our, his classwork together. And this is a shift. It was not that way with my older kids in Greenville County Schools. I did their work with them, too. I studied for the test with them, too. This was, this was not that. It was still science. So this is her just checking in. Have we driven an entire generation insane yet? So if you're wondering, what are we talking about? Come on, this is better. Around. Not like this. I mean, when I have to sit there on the floor with my son, we like, he likes me to do his projects with him. Just kind of check them as we go, hey, mom, is this good? Does this meet the rubric that they have to meet? We literally on the floor. Here I am on the air warning you about the, the $20 billion funding for the nitrogen army and how they're going to shut down. The EPA is, um, just, just like they did in Europe, going to shut down your farm and your garden. 20000000000 billion. They're going to have a 20,000-strong nitrogen army. It was approved last year. I don't know if the Republicans read that legislation or they care. And my son is having to do a project showing the fertilizer from the farmers' crops, you know, going into the Ohio River and then tracing the path down um, to uh, the Gulf. And and the only correct answer to the question to to the project is we must stop growing food with fertilizer. Well, then we ain't going to have any food. I mean, that's that's just how that's going to go. Hey, hey, hey! You want to know how this is going to go? Let me go over my Twitter account. I'll I'll tell you how this is going to go. We, are, we already know how this ends. They have scared the heck out of them so they can starve them. Where is this? Just real quick, I'll pull this up. Uh, this, this is a, this is, remember those Dutch farmers? Remember that? Yeah, well, it's a tweet. It, it's it's a tweet from Eva Vlardenbroek. Uh, she's on uh, Tucker a lot. From a farmer whose massive milk farm's just been shut down, tonight was the last time we milked our cows. After 90 years, this is it for the organic dairy sector. We aren't allowed to continue because we were labeled a peak polluter. We fought for three years, and it shows the lights going off. You know they've shut down 6,000 farms, and their goal is to shut down 11,000? They're the number two agricultural producer on earth. The left intends for us to live without food except bugs. Except bugs. So milk's going to have to go. They are preparing your kids for this in Greenville County Schools. Science is gone. At least through fifth grade. I'll let you know how sixth grade goes if we're still there. I'm thinking we won't be at this rate. Good morning. Texter writes, "Hey Tara, I've heard the private schools are just bad. They are at least that's what I hear from parents of private school kids in the Upstate. This has been a real turn in Greenville County schools in the last two years. I I genuinely liked Greenville County schools for many years and was a, was a pretty passionate advocate for, of of the public schools at least here. My kids in them, and we're still in them in the in the virtual program, but." Um, it's they're they're becoming rapidly untendable and, and and the problem is the just just the absolute brainwashing uh, that goes on every single day and is is apparent when you're actually seeing them at home and you're hearing their teachers talk. We've got some great teachers still. Um and the 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 problem though is the curriculum. I mean they're kind of stuck with it. And and so that's this is this is what's going on. Uh, text writes, I've heard private schools are just bad. What options do parents have at this point? My son starts school in a year and I don't know what to do. Okay. Um, again, you have a lot of options. There are a lot of very affordable online private schools. Liberty has an excellent program. Virtual school, while not perfect, is still much better uh, than turning your children over to these people all day long where you don't actually hear and see what the work is. Um, so there is that. Um, I would start doing research. Um, there are fantastic online programs, extremely affordable, um, that that you can can use. They're all over this country. It is then uh, these have taken light year leaps since COVID. And and, and again, the, the pushback I always get from parents who trust me and say, Well, I you know, I tried that e learning and I didn't like this is not that. This this we have gone way beyond that in a very short period of time. If it was e learning, I wouldn't have my kids in it. That was the e-learning was just silly. It was a bunch of repeat worksheets to keep the kids busy so their parents didn't go insane. Um, so uh, text rights, liberty is not affordable. I, I think it is. I mean, you can play, pay all year long. You can go to school whenever you want. Um, and, you know, if you space the payments out, it is very affordable. It's two to $3,000 a year, depending on what level you're in. Um, so, you know, do you want to make that investment? You can also homeschool. For me, I, I can do that because I work full time. But if one of you can be home or can work from home. You can do this because my husband and I do this. And let me tell you, we are extremely busy people, but um, we fit it into our lives and we have come to find we actually have more time now, not less time because we're not driving kids all over the place to school um, in, in, you know, in doing that. So, um, you know, if you're a Powdersville high school parent, and you know, you don't want to have to be afraid when you send your kids to school because they don't have control of the safety. Don't let them kill you. There are a lot of options out there. You just got to get online and do the research. We have um, uh, charter schools as well that are online and those are, those are good too.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician, but with the 3% annual percentage yield, you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account. Your goal of supporting his dreams. Thanks for everything. Mom and dad will always be worth it.